Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Sports Yak Podcast is powered by Notre Dame Athletics. Experience the excitement of cheering the Fighting Irish onward to victory. Tickets for Notre Dame Athletic events are available at und.com slash buy tickets. Also by Pyramid Equipment. Be prepared this winter season by checking the condition of your snow removal equipment. Pyramid Equipment is a locally owned business in Rolling Prairie, Indiana that sells, services, and installs residential and commercial grade snow plows parts, and salt spreaders. Pyramid Equipment is your trusted dealer of Meyer and Snowdog products. Old man winners ready. Are you? Service discount for military, fire, and police available. Call 800-833-2591 or find them on the web at pyramidequipmentinc.com. Four, three, two, one. Cue music. From South Bend, Indiana, you know what it's at. I don't. It's Sports Yak with Corey Mann and Chuck Freeby. I'm the booth announcer, Jim Shorts. Sports Yak! And welcome to episode 138. It's the Jose Cardinal episode. Oh, Cardinal. Jose Cardinal was one of my favorite favorite cubs growing up he had a huge afro and this tiny cap that couldn't stay on his head so frequently jose would run out. he he showed great speed by running out from under his cap and his cap would fall off as he would chase after a fly ball well little charlie freebie in elkhart indiana wanted to have that same kind of look when he chased after a fly ball but i didn't have the hair of Jose Cardinal, so I would lightly perch my cap upon my head, therefore chasing after the fly ball. Maybe it would fly off and create the illusion of speed. That's an amazing baseball card right there. You're not kidding. You post that on your Sports Jack Twitter site, kids. Uh, we may have to. We may have to get that out there. By the way, happy one-year anniversary, my friend. Yes, and to you as well. One year, and, and thank you to the maniacs who have grown with us over the past year so what do you uh, remember from one year ago as as if you're not busy enough i corner you and say what do you think about a sports podcast and i said oh well there's some hours out of my week i won't get back <laughs> do you do you feel good about that decision a year later are you are you happy with the product 
Are you getting the feedback that you like? I'm happy with the product. Uh, the feedback has been tremendously positive. Uh, I, I assume the people that don't like the podcast just don't bother listening to it. So that's that's fine. And, uh, yeah, it's been nice. It it gives me an avenue to, to talk about something that I know about, which, quite frankly, is not most of my day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the numbers uh, don't lie. They continue to build. They continue to grow. I send you a weekly report. So, yes, you do. You know, I don't know what to make of it, but you do send me numbers. I don't want you thinking that your time is being wasted. Uh, I was looking to see if anybody tweeted us so we can move forward. I think we're okay. Um, we've, we've had uh, a couple of people tweet about uh, enjoying the anniversary. Uh, I believe there was a man named Kirk who listens to us on the way home every day from work or every day that we broadcast, and so we appreciate that. Nice. Wherever you listen to us on the podcast, you are appreciated. All right. Oh, I see it. Uh, there's a Ryan. Ryan. Okay. Thanks for being a part of the drive three yep. days a week. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, at Sports Yak with two Ks on Twitter, Instagram, and email. The Sports Yak with two Ks at gmail.com. Well, we're going to talk with Joe Hart from the South Bend Cubs. They got a big couple of days coming up as they head into uh, championship season. Well, and I figure he's got nothing better to do than to talk to us. Yeah, we'll talk to him in a few minutes. But first, let's talk about the Chicago Cubs. Uh, I'm sorry? Uh. <laughs> After Monday night was great. They, they call up this kid, Nico Horner, who played about as many games in South Bend as Victor Caratini did. He played about four games. Four here. games. Uh, got hurt, moved up. He was playing at Double A this year, and Javi Baez <clears throat> fractures his thumb. Addison Russell gets hit in the face with a pitch, suffers a concussion. Cubs are short on shortstops, and they say, "Well, we drafted this shortstop in 2018, named Nico Horner. Let's call him up." So they bring this kid up to the big leagues after. A, a scant year plus in minor league baseball, and all he does is in his major league debut is make a couple of beautiful defensive plays, get three hits, drive in four runs, Cubs beat San Diego 10-2, and you're thinking, okay, well, maybe, maybe all is right with the world. And I will say, Corey, the beautiful thing about this road trip in San Diego is the game starts so late that I do not have to suffer through them. Mm. All I have to do is wake up in the morning and check my Twitter feed and know whether I'm supposed to have the flag out or bring it in because we have a W flag that flies outside our house when mm -hmm. the Cubs win. <laughs> so I get up this morning and I see that they lost 9-8 in 10. And then, of course, I'm struck by wonder, okay, was it one of those things? How did, how did this one get lost? This one got lost on the right arm of Steve Ciszek who sells seashells by the seashore. And Steve Ciszek, well, I hope he does sell seashells by the seashore because he can't throw strikes right now. He walks three batters in the 10th, including a bases-loaded walk to bring home the game winner, and the Padres beat the Cubs last night 9-8, to coupled with a Milwaukee win that whittles the wildcard lead down to a mere one game for the Cubs right now. Now, the news out of Milwaukee, not good for the Brewers last night. The reigning National League MVP, Christian Yelich, 
fractures his kneecap mm. in the game against Miami, and he's done for the year. I did that in middle school. That hurts. I'm sure it does. Oh, uh, man. I, I saw the picture of him sitting on the field after it happened, and it uh, it just – there's no way to use the words fractured and kneecap and not just feel pain. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if you're a Cubs fan or a Brewers fan. I, I would not wish that upon anybody. So Milwaukee's going to have to go down the stretch without its best player. You can argue the Cubs right now are playing without its best player. Bryant hit two home runs last night. Hayward hit two home runs. And it all goes a wasting with a 9-8 loss because Jose Quintana, your curveball, was not curving last night. And that was not good. And then the bullpen just... Brandon Kinsler, thanks for playing. Then guys like Kyle Ryan, Rowan Wick, the kids come in and they do all right. And you bring in the veteran C Sheck and eh. <laughs> eh. White Sox. Well, and then so the guy you trade to get Jose Quintana, whose curveball was no good last night, the guy you trade, Aloy Jimenez. It's a grand slam for the White Sox. His first career grand slam. They beat the Royals by a count of 7-3. to three. The good news for the White Sox is they're playing the Royals. They're in the same division as the Royals and the Tigers, which means you're not going to finish last. I'm so not a Tigers fan, but anyone that beats the Yankees, I'm a fan of that night. And they rally from six runs down. So, I mean, kudos to them. It would be real easy six runs down to the Yankees to just ask for the check and call it a night and and worry about what the postgame spread is going to be. And instead, the Tigers come clawing back against a beleaguered Yankee bullpen and win 12-11 last night at Tiger Stadium. Jordy Mercer with the walk-off hit for Detroit. Uh, National League West Division title goes to? The same team it's gone to for the last seven years, the Los Angeles Dodgers, the best team in the National League, maybe the best team in all of baseball. Uh, they just rolled. They beat Baltimore last night because who doesn't? Final score is 7-3. to three. And so the Dodgers are the first team to clinch a playoff berth, and they do it by September 10th with a full three weeks left in the season. So Dave Roberts has plenty of time to get people rest and to get his rotation ready for the Major League Baseball playoffs. But it's not Major League Baseball that plays playoff action in South Bend tonight, Corey. I saw Joe Hart on our local news this morning, and I said to our co-host Melanie, I wonder if Joe wears a baseball hat in the summer. Obviously, all the time. You probably saw the nice, I got a nice little tan line on my forehead <laughs> as white as can be. A very white top part of your, above the eyes, and then a very, you know, summery yeah. chin and neck. Yes, absolutely. My family gives me a hard time all the time. How excited are you to be hosting games one and two of the Midwest League Championship Series tonight? Oh, it's it's phenomenal, especially, you know, our last time we hosted the championship was 2013 uh, when we were still the Silverhawks, but to do it as a Cubs affiliate, um, obviously it's, it's exciting to see and the fact that you know, we haven't won a championship since 2005, so to have the opportunity to hopefully bring a championship here and with the team that we have and the way they're playing. I mean, I feel very, it feels like a very realistic shot of happening. You said on this podcast uh, months ago that one of the things that you liked about your manager, Buddy Bailey, is the fact that his teams get better 
as the season goes on. And, man, has that come to fruition with this group. Where have you seen it the most? Well, I think the biggest thing is, even with all the changes in the roster, when guys get called up and the new guys come in, they are very diligent and just they work on the same things every day. So it's, it's all about the, uh, the basics, the fundamentals. They are very fundamentally sound. And I think that's the most exciting thing, and I think that's what Buddy drills in them each and every day. I mean, you know, to get better, you got to practice, and you got to practice well. And, and they've done that. And to see all their hard work, which started back in the beginning of March at spring training, to now being paying off and coming to fruition is, is exciting to see. And, you know, I, I, I'm happy for the players. You know, it's funny you should mention that because I was there yesterday for media day with the players and talking to many of them. And they brought out that same thing. They said, here we are, we're getting ready for the championship series, and we are spending time on bunting, hitting the other way, moving the runner over. All those little things, he could, and they said, but that's why we're here. Oh, absolutely. And, and unfortunately, I think a lot of what you see in, in the game today is those fundamentals, especially the bunting and getting guys over, that's no longer part of the game. That's leaving the game. And you know, Buddy's been doing this for a long time. He's an old school guy, and he still believes in that mentality. And perfect example is the other night we gave up two runs. Um, you know, they cut the lead to six to three. You're starting to wonder, oh man, is this thing going to slip away? Very next inning, when we're up to bat, you know, first guy gets a single. The next two guys bunt single. Now we have bases loaded with nobody out. We score another insurance run. So I think it's little things like that is making all the difference in the world. And these guys, I think, will run through a wall for Buddy because he's out there every day with him. It's not like he's having them go out and do it. And he sits in his office. He is out there with them each and every day. Astute baseball fans noted the other day that when the Cubs made some 40-man roster moves, one of the moves they made was sending a guy named Adbert Alzale down to South Bend. And that's a guy that pitched in the majors this year. Do you know how Buddy plans to use him? Actually, my understanding is he will actually not be pitching with us. Oh, okay. Um, since he's not technically hurt and it's not a rehab, you're not allowed to send guys from the upper level down for, for the playoffs. So that is my understanding. Um, however, we are going to have uh, a gentleman by the last name of Graveman that the Cubs signed. Uh, he was with the Astor, not the Astor, he was with the Oakland A's. Um, he had Tommy John surgery and has kind of been rehabbing all season long. Uh, in Arizona, he is actually going to be our game one starter tonight. Wow. Yes. So uh, because he is on uh, a rehab uh, assignment, he is able to come down and pitch for us. That That's breaking news right there. I had not yep. heard that one. Yes. it. Uh, you're hearing it here first. It, it, it will not be probably officially announced until our rosters come out at noon. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be exciting. You know, here you got a guy that's got big league experience coming in for game one. Um, hopefully, it plays little mind games on the Clinton Lumber Kings, and maybe they'll maybe they'll be uh, down and out before the game even starts. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, the Lumber <laughs> Kings, by the way, have a local connection for those who don't know. Tanner Andrews, who pitched at Tippecanoe Valley High School and then at Purdue, uh, is one of their pitchers. Although uh, I believe he threw over the weekend, so I would be surprised if he threw at all in the games one and two here. It, it will probably not be until the weekend in Clinton. So, Joe, the way this works, Wednesday and Thursday are scheduled for Four Winds Field. Of course, there's rain in the forecast, but optimally, 7.05 first pitches both nights? 
Yeah, absolutely. Gates will open at 6. 7.05 starts both days, and uh, we're going to be ready to go. Um, it would be nice to get the first two wins at home, and then uh, we go to Clinton. All we got to do is win one of three. But we're 4-0 in the playoffs right now. So, you know, these guys are playing with a lot of uh, a, a lot of confidence. They walk around with a swagger, and you probably noticed it yesterday when you were here for media day. Um, they don't seem uptight. They're loose. No. They, they, they're confident, but not cocky. How are ticket sales going for these two games? Yeah, it's picked up pretty much uh, over the last couple of days, and that's always our challenge when you get to playoffs. You know, you typically find out 48 hours in advance if you're going to play or not. So our biggest challenge is always getting the word out, and uh, we've been working on that. I, you know, I expected walk-ups today and tomorrow, and, you know, it, it probably won't be as big as a normal Friday night crowd during the regular season because strictly tonight is and tomorrow is all about walk-ups. We don't have uh, many groups because it's hard to sell the group outings on 48 hours' notice. So um, just encouraging fans to come out and, you know, the – it's kind of bittersweet because we now officially know that tomorrow night is the last game at Four Winds Field for 2019. And, uh, you know, it's kind of weird to think about. And with that in mind, what is Friday like for Joe Hart? Friday for me is probably going to be sleeping in a little bit. <laughs> um, get into the office, you know, around 10 a.m., you know, do some game reports from the last two days, and then, uh, just count down and make sure the guys get on the road. I think we're going to leave around 2 o'clock on Friday afternoon to head to Clinton and uh, just making sure the guys are set and get them everything they need and then uh, hopefully get the victory on Saturday as well in Clinton. But will you go with? I will not go with uh, with the team. I do plan on going over Saturday. If we uh, win both games at home, I will be in Clinton on Saturday night, uh, hoping to watch us take it there. But, yeah, I plan on being there. The only day I won't be there is Sunday my daughter's birthday and her birthday party. So, you know, got got to be at home for that. But then uh, if it goes to game five, I'll certainly be in uh, Clinton, Iowa. Andrew's flying you back on the private jet, right? Yeah. He hasn't notified me of that yet. I will definitely take it. Corey, you got anything for Joe? I wanted to uh, ask what's it like watching uh, a former player of yours uh, in the big leagues out in San Diego a couple nights ago. Yeah. Uh, watching Nico play, uh, you know, we didn't get to see him a whole lot here with us. He only played four games at home before he got hurt. I know he played a little bit more on the road, um, but in the four short games that we saw here, there was something special about him, and obviously he showed that in game one. I mean, Sunday I saw the article or the interview where he was talking about him and his dad was watching the game on TV when Russell got hit in the head, and next thing you know, he's in San Diego. Not only did he get called up, but they're like, hey, now, kid, you're starting, and, and to have the night that he has is pretty special. Wow. Joe, congrats on another great season and uh, partnership with us. We always appreciate uh, a visit and a phone call, and uh, good luck to your team. Thank you very much, and uh, thanks to you guys for all that you do for us. Thanks for uh, all the fans in Michigan and all our fans coming out and following us. It's going to be a great two nights, and uh, hopefully we can we can bring home the championship for the, for the city of South Bend and our region. Absolutely. Joe wants another ring. He wants another ring, Chuck. I, I, I do want another ring. The kids are already bugging me. Which one's going to get the Cubs World Series ring? So at least this will be this will fall a little distant second, but at least I'll have a second piece of jewelry that I, they can fight over. It's going to look like bad, bad Leroy Brown by the time this is all over. <laughs> can only hope. Hey, hey, IU fans, are you ready for football? It's fall. It's time to tailgate. Mascots are stupid. This is Don Fisher, voice of Indiana football. Catch every Hoosier football game on 103.1 Pulse FM. Now back to Sports Yak. Boy, this Antonio Brown character. 
Oof. Oof-da. First of all, the the completely selfish act that he performed to get himself released by the Raiders so he can go play for the Patriots. And then comes out the day the day before his first practice, it's unveiled that Mr. Brown is the subject of a civil lawsuit accusing him of sexual assault against his former personal trainer, a woman by the name of Brittany Taylor, whom he had met when they were both together at Central Michigan and then had drifted apart, apparently came back together. Of course, it's the eternal question of he said, she said Mm -hmm. in terms of consent. Um, But you just get the sense. uh, I was watching Outside the Line yesterday on ESPN, and ESPN has a former player by the name of Ryan Clark played with Antonio Brown. And, I mean, Ryan Clark didn't mince any words. He just basically believes that Antonio Brown is a bad dude. And, granted, anybody can have that opinion. Uh, There are probably people that, you know, if you stuck a camera in their face, would say bad stuff about you or me. Doesn't necessarily mean he is a bad dude. However, just sometimes your character gets revealed by your actions. And there's enough stuff going on where, man, I would really raise an eyebrow about Antonio Brown right now, mm. the way he's been acting the last couple of years. Uh, tell me about former Irish center Nick Martin. Nick Martin is a wealthy man right now. Uh, I believe he is probably getting a call from the Bishop Chatard High School Development Department today saying, would you like to make a contribution to some stadium bleachers? Because he just signed a three-year contract extension with the Houston Texans for $33 million. And I believe of that $33 million, uh, $18 million is guaranteed. So the Martin family, Nick and Zach, a couple of former Notre Dame linemen, now doing very, very well in the National Football League. But I'll tell you what, Nick Martin better get some help on that offensive line because Deshaun Watson... Man, was he under siege on Monday night. Let's talk about those two Monday night football games, Corey. The Saints and Texans. The last minute of that game was as wild as you're going to see. I enjoyed that in game. In an NFL game. I enjoyed that game. I, I don't watch Houston ever. I I kind of keep an eye on Drew Brees and the Saints and, you know, what, what happened last season. But, man, Houston, I was impressed. Well, you had some major star power with Deshaun Watson and Drew Brees at quarterback, and neither one disappointed right. in the end. Watson drives his team down the field. Boom, boom. Two plays, 75 yards. They're in the end zone. The extra point missed. But hold on. There's a roughing the kicker on New Orleans. Now the extra point is up and good, and Houston takes a one-point lead. But there's 37 seconds left on the clock. And anybody who has ever seen Drew Brees play says, hmm, I bet you he can come back in this one. Because he's only done it 48 previous times in his life. Guys! Another season! Another opportunity! Man, I'm playing for you, brother! I'm playing for you! I'm playing for you! Brotherhood, man. We don't feel anybody. That's what I learned about this. We don't feel anybody. No man, no team, no situation. 
It's our time, baby. This is our time. Brotherhood. That's why I'm here. For you. Brotherhood. I love you, man. Trust yourself. Trust your teammates. And sure enough, and what the Texans were doing defensively is still mind-boggling. So here's the situation. Six seconds left. Saints have the ball right around midfield. They are not in field goal range. And the Texans play this really soft defensive coverage. And Drew Brees, who's only been in the league, I don't know, 20 years, sits there and says, hmm, if you're going to give me with one timeout remaining 10 yards, 15 yards to get the ball upfield, I'll do that. And so he throws about a little 10-yard pass to his receiver who lays down. They call timeout. Trot out the kicker, Will Lutz. Will Lutz, by the way, signed a, I I believe it was a four-year, $30 million deal in the offseason. And you might say, well, why do you give that kind of money to a kicker? Because he can kick 58-yard field goals and did. And that thing was not, it didn't just eke over the crossbar like Tom Dempsey's 63-yarder for New Orleans in 1970. No, no, kids. This would have been good from about 68. And he kicks the game winner 30-28. to They carry him off the field. And afterwards, Will Lutz says, I believe in my list of moments that would be top, and he hesitates, and then he says, one. (laughs) Top one. (laughs) Nice. Then the other game, so the Raiders shake off this whole Antonio Brown saga, which... uh, Basically gave HBO some good stuff for hard knocks, but that's about it. And they shake that off, and they beat Denver 24-16. How about Derek Carr, 22 out of 26 for 259 yards, and John Gruden is 1-0 as the Raiders head coach this year. Hey, Purdue fans, it's football time. Rote, rote, rote for Purdue. Purdue, do, do. Purdue, do, Purdue, do, Purdue. This is Tim Newton, voice of Purdue football. Catch every Boilermaker game on Pulse FM. Now back to Sports Yak. Was there anything said at the Brian Kelly press conference that caught your attention? Oh, yeah. Well, um, first of all, I did solve the mystery that you asked about. He had earbuds in getting off the bus at the Louisville game, like much of the players did. He didn't have the gigantic headphones on the beats. He had some nice inner ear uh, beats, Mm -hmm. and uh, I wanted Chuck to find out what he was listening to. I didn't feel like this was a press conference-worthy question. I didn't want to bore my media brethren with with that, but Mm -hmm. I, I gave my word that I would try to find out. So when the press conference was over, Brian takes a particular route to his back to his office and I made a beeline to kind of intersect and then I I did a little name dropping not you or me but somebody else that I knew he would know mm-hmm. so I I told the white lie and I said so and so wants to know you know what you were listening to on your headphones on the way into the Louisville game and he goes oh he goes let me think about what my playlist was he goes it was you too it was you too when we were walking into the stadium. Now, of course, I wonder what song. And I bet you, had you said that in the press conference, at least one media outlet would say, as he was listening to you two getting off the bus, wondering blah blah blah. I bet you somebody would have used that in a in a line. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Now we got to find out what song. 
I'm not sure we're going to go that far into detail. Not going to name drop no. another name for no. him. Did you hand him a uh, sports yak wafer sticker? No. All right. <laughs> uh, but here are the other nuggets uh, worthy of consideration from the Brian Kelly press conference on Monday. Number one, he's well aware of what Notre Dame looked like against Ball State last year when everybody thought that they were going to just roll over the Cardinals in game two of the season, and that didn't happen. Not the case. Uh, so there have been changes to the preparation. In fact, Notre Dame had a full-on scrimmage last Saturday inside the stadium. Mm. At said scrimmage, running back Jameer Smith sprained his toe. This means that the Irish are without Jafar Armstrong and Jameer Smith, meaning Tony Jones Jr. will likely get the bulk of the carries, but also keep your eye out for Kyron Williams and Sebo Flemister as the backups to Tony Jones Jr., and it'll be interesting to see how Brian Kelly uses that rotation on Saturday against Los Lobos of New Mexico. Uh, New Mexico coming here without its head coach, Bob Davey, who had a health incident after their opener. Um, They still haven't really said what it was. Uh, But whatever it is, it's preventing him from being able to travel to South Bend for this game. So New Mexico will have an interim coach. Uh, We can talk more about Los Lobos on Friday, but they should not put up formidable opposition. The other thing that Brian Kelly noted was there's really been an emphasis on focusing on technique and trusting the technique among the veterans. He felt like against Louisville, there were too many guys trying to make big plays and not just worrying about you know doing the little things, doing your job. And when you're trying to do grandiose things and don't take care of the little things, often bad things happen, and that was the case. Were these younger players or veteran players? These were the veteran players oh boy. who he felt like maybe put too much pressure on them because they're trying to carry the day with the younger players. He actually thought the younger players played pretty well against Louisville. And, and you know, I can toss some names out there like Tommy Tremble, the tight end, and, and Drew White, the linebacker, uh, Kyle Harrison, the safety. All had very good games against Louisville. It was some of the, the big guys that you would expect to play well that didn't, that were kind of the letdown in that game. Chuck, what do you think is a bigger stage to those players? Saturday afternoon on NBC, Saturday night on ABC or ESPN, another network. What do you think? Well, if you're playing in the Saturday night game on ABC or ESPN, you are typically playing against a higher caliber opponent. Okay. So, for instance, when they play Georgia in a couple weeks, that's going to be a primetime game on CBS. That's going to be a big deal. You know, the Saturday afternoon on NBC, it's great. It's it's network television, but it all depends on who the opponent is. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, the big opponents, the big games, are played at night. So if you're playing at night, if you're playing under the lights, you're playing in prime time, those are the big games. Okay. High school football, the uh, polls came out on Monday, and when they did... Uh, We talked a little bit about them on Monday's show, but Plymouth was ranked number nine, 
and Northridge was ranked number 10. And they go head-to-head on Friday night on the 46th game of the week. And I've been able to visit both camps this week. Let's start with Northridge coach Tom Wagaman. And Tom has been around now. He's really rejuvenated this program at Northridge. Northridge football was nothing before Tom got there. And he is 45 and 25 now as the Northridge head coach. He's been doing this a while. He was successful at Wawasee as well, although not as successful as he's been at Northridge. And I asked him, I said, you know, you're kind of a dinosaur these days. You're kind of one of these guys who's been around a long, long time. And there aren't as many coaches sticking around for a long time. What keeps you in it? And I found his answer fascinating. 29th year coaching football, um, 13th year as a head coach. And it's really about the, it is about the relationship you have with these kids. I mean, it's something that you can't find anyplace else. Um, just to be able to see what they'll sacrifice. And Chuck, I'll be honest, kid, there is not as many kids that are willing to sacrifice the drudgery of what these guys got to go through. And I just, so much respect for what they do. We've got a class of 1,400 or a school of 1,400 kids. Uh, we've got about 50-some, 50 55 that are really willing to go out and sacrifice. And football, I just think no other to where they are willing to sacrifice for each other for the sake of the family. And, you know, that is that is the one thing I just love as being a football coach is just watching that transformation hopefully take place. Now, Northridge is playing Plymouth, and Northridge has beaten Plymouth three straight years. Plymouth has a very proud tradition, and they too have a longtime coach in John Barron, whose son Joe is the quarterback this year. Joe is a senior, and the Plymouth seniors have lost three straight to Northridge. I didn't really have to ask if John Barron was aware of this, but I did. I would be lying if I said that that hasn't been talked about. You know, I love Tom Wogerman. Tom Wogerman is a friend of mine. He is uh, an excellent member of the Indiana Football Coaches Association. He does it the right way, but we want to get him now. You know, I mean... um, they're a really good football team, Chuck. So there's a reason why they've beaten us. You know, um, it's become quite a rivalry within the NLC. We played them so many years back to back, either, you know, this week and then first round of the sectional playoff, probably four or five years in a row we played them twice. So that just in itself builds a, a little rivalry, uh, in uh, you know, amongst two good schools. So similar schools, similar communities. Um yeah, we've talked about it. So it should be a honey of a rivalry Friday night at the Rock Pile in Plymouth. A lot of green, a lot of red. Northridge and Plymouth in a good old-fashioned Northern Lakes Conference slobber knocker. Uh, real quick, Purdue's quarterback. Purdue's quarterback Elijah Sindelar, questionable for the game on Saturday against TCU. Sindelar, who was the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week, threw for over 500 yards. It also came out that he has a concussion, so he's going through the protocol, and we don't know for sure if Sindelar is going to be ready to go against the Horn Frogs. Gary Patterson usually has a pretty solid team. We'll see if the Horn Frogs uh, come up to Ross Aid Stadium and, and give the Boilermakers fit. I will give Purdue kudos for its non-conference schedule. It's one of the better ones that I've seen a team put together in the Big Ten. And then Indiana and Ohio State tangle on Saturday. Big game for Michael Penix. Every everybody you talk to around Bloomington wants to tell you, well, this kid, we've and we've set this on the yak. High risk, high reward. You saw a little bit of that in the opening game against Ball State. 
Indiana looked much better against a lesser opponent in Eastern Illinois last Saturday. Now, can Michael Penix do something that Indiana hasn't done in years? And that's knock off Ohio State. Arthur, I have some bad news for you. (laughs) This is the last time we'll be meeting. You don't listen, do you? You just ask the same questions every week. How's your job? Are you having any negative thoughts? All I have are negative thoughts. I don't usually do this, but I have completely fallen under the spell of this Joker movie, and I can't wait. Really? Yes. Now, who is playing the Joker? Joaquin Phoenix. Okay, he's kind of a weird dude to begin with. Yes. And it's he is uh he the Joker is my favorite villain of all time in comic books. You can't go I mean you can't go crazy enough. Well, and we unfortunately it does seem that people who play this role do go crazy. Yeah. I mean Heath Ledger got some issues and he's yeah. gone. Joaquin Phoenix, uh, the the jury's out on him. The articles I'm keeping my eye on, even though I'm just I'm I'm swallowing the hype, is why do you make a movie like this? Because there's no resolution at the end. Like there's no Batman swooping in to save the day on this. Right. This is an origin story of a complete nut job. Yeah. So why do you put some type of art like that out? You know, a lot of it's a lot of the stuff I've been reading is it looks a lot like today. Hmm. You know, with things happening in the world. And you've got this guy who, you know, we've seen these anti-heroes in the last decade. You know, you you watch The Sopranos, and we're talking about a truly right. bad person, but yet you find yourself rooting for him to not get caught. Yeah. And then it happens again in Breaking Bad. I loved Walter White. He's a horrible man, but you're rooting for him not to get caught or to turn the corner and have some sort of redemption story, which, he, you know, yeah, you could argue about that on the last episode yeah. or not. So here comes the Joker, and it's, you know, I, I can't wait to see it, but at the same time, why are you making a movie like this? You know, what are you trying to get across to the populi? Why can't we just bring back Cesar Romero as the Joker, like he was on the Batman TV show? Who did not shave his mustache, and they painted right over it. He's Cesar Romero. He is not shaving his mustache for your little TV show. Great He's reference, Caesar by the way. Cesar Romero. By the way, name the five Jokers. You're, you're, you've got two of them already that you've named. Cesar Romero, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, Heath Ledger, Jack Nicholson, and... Um, A horrible Joker from about two years ago. Oh, I'm... Jared Leto played the Joker in Suicide Squad. We could have we been here a long, long time before... Four out of five ain't bad, Meatloaf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But none of them is good as Cesar Romero, <laughs> who I dare say was the Jose Cardinal of his day. You think so? <laughs> yes. It all comes back to that and the Afro. As always, if you got something to say or you got a comment or a question, 574-210-7950. You can email us, thesportsyak2ks at gmail.com. On Twitter and Instagram with two Ks as well. You can follow Chuck at 46 Sports on Twitter. Got yourself a Facebook page as well, don't you? Yes, we do. 
And by the way, if you're a high school soccer fan or a soccer fan in general, wouldn't be a bad idea to head up to St. Pat's Park on the north side of South Bend tonight. Penn, ranked number nine, taking on St. Joe, ranked number 10. Pretty good matchup and uh, usually some college-level talent on the field. Happy one-year anniversary, my man. Until next time. Ooga looga. You've been listening to Sports Yak, brought to you by Notre Dame Athletics. Experience the excitement of cheering the Fighting Irish onward to victory. Tickets for Notre Dame Athletic events available at und.com slash buy tickets. And by Pyramid Equipment. Think Pyramid Equipment for your snowplow needs, sales, services, and installations of residential and commercial-grade snowplows, parts, and salt spreaders. Pyramid offers military, police, and firemen's discounts. Find us, PyramidEquipmentInc.com. Everybody get out of here! There's a lobster loose! Oh, holy cow, he's loose! Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park